Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone. My name is Joe Vivian. I'm the children's and families pastor at Eastern Hills Baptist Church in Albuquerque. My wife, Carrie, and I also have a marriage ministry called Pursuit of Marriage for the last nine years. Now, Pursuit of Marriage, we have a focus on on strengthening marriages. Found out many years ago in children's ministry that if you can't strengthen the moms and dads as a children's minister, I'm going to struggle. Because I only have the child for one hour out of 168. As parents, figure out how many hours you have them as moms and dads. So we created, God laid it both on our hearts as we were coming back from a Young Lives Ablaze camp nine years ago. And our ministry is focused on growth through counseling, retreats, and speaking events such as this. So we're excited about this. My wife Carrie and I have been married for 29 years. We just celebrated 29 years back in June. We have two adult children. We were talking with another couple about being empty nesters. And it's kind of nice, except Our oldest daughter and our son-in-law and our three grandchildren, we just had a grandson four weeks ago, so it's really great, live right next door to us. Literally right next door. We share a yard. So we're kind of empty nesters, except at dinner time. And then they all come back. Then our youngest daughter, who's 23, is a beautician in Albuquerque. She loves it because she has an opportunity, as she said, to minister to women, because they're trapped with her for two hours, if not more. So we're very blessed. Now, Carrie and I do not have any magic pills or any great one step. Your marriage is going to be better in seven days because it's work. Carrie and I, if you ever journey with us and follow us on our web page or Facebook, social media, we go through our ups and downs. Uh, in fact, last night we had an intense communication discussion. wasn't bad, but it was intense. That's how we grow. And that's what we want to bring today. Again, I'm honored to be a part of this congregation this morning. I'm honored that Pastor Mike asked me to be here. And as we heard, they're on there celebrating their 15-year anniversary. And so we pray that they're having a fantastic time. But I want to get started on something fun. Because if you notice, the title of my message is Date Night, Pursuing Your Spouse. So I'm going to open this up because this is is an easy forum to do this. Let's, let's share some dating experiences. Okay, I expect to, this is interaction time. This is kind of like a big Bible study. Okay, and we're doing that. So anyone, what's the last movie you saw as a husband and wife, as a date? Which one? The new one. Oh, okay, it's like the new one. Okay, yeah, I don't know what that is. Okay, okay. What's another movie you guys just saw? What's the last one? Which one? Angels Fallen? Notice no one said a Marvel movie yet. They're like, oh, this is a pastor. Okay. Okay, so movies, date night movies. Now I'm going to throw out another one. And again, think about this. What's the last restaurant you ate at on a date night? El Nido. Where's that? Is that here? It's a date. It's amazing. Well, see, you should have told me that. We could have tried that before. There you go. What's another restaurant? Piccolinos. Okay, I'm glad. I like some of you like, I don't want to say McDonald's because that's what it was. That's okay. You can say McDonald's or you can say Sonic. You know, I understand. I had to figure that out coming to Los Alamos that on Saturday night, there's everything's like stops. And so 
you know, I understand, I understand on that. Okay, now let's really, let's really put you guys to the test. For you husbands and wives, you're, you're mentioning the re restaurants. Now, you can't confer on this, but do you remember what your spouse ordered at that date night? Nachos? <laughs> Someone said nachos. There you go. I can always be safe with Carrie. It's enchiladas. It, it doesn't matter. I don't care if it's a burger joint. She's going to find a way to get enchiladas. <laughs> Anyone else? What did your spouse order for dinner? What kind? They're a filet, look at that. And, and the reason I'm asking this is, we're gonna see later on as I go into this, how important it is to be a student of your spouse, to understand your spouse, okay? Now, last one, and again, do not confer. What's the best date night you've ever had with your spouse? Shout it out loud. Camping. Camping, awesome. What's, what? El Sombrero. El Sombrero. Anyone else? Melting pot. melting pot. A nice five-hour experience at the melting pot. We never knew how, what it was like, and we took our three-year-old and five-year-old daughter there. They fell asleep in the booth because we were not even past salads. Um, melting pot. Carrie, what would you say your best date night? I'm putting myself on the spot. She does not know I'm calling her out on this. The progressive date, and we'll talk about that, the progressive date that we did one night. The reason why I also bring that up is we need to be students, again, of our spouse. We need to listen, because usually what we think is the best date night, they didn't. And so you've got to listen to that. Okay, let's, let's be honest with each other as we get started, that dates can be exciting and exhilarating. Then date nights can also be expensive and exhausting, okay? Sometimes the best laid plans completely unravel. And you've been planning this date night, you've been doing this, you've had the babysitter set up, and nothing works. However, this morning, I want us to encounter and discuss this morning that dating does not stop after the I do. Dating is something important that you do as a married couple. So let's look at it this way. I've got a slide I want to put up there. Marriage is the continual pursuit of your spouse, and dating is the pursuit of someone you are attracted to. Look at that. Marriage is the continual pursuit of your spouse, and dating is the pursuit of someone you are attracted to. We need to own that. We need to have an understanding. So it only reasons that dating your spouse is necessary in marriage. Think of it this way. Put up the next slide on there. It says, for the entirety of your marriage, you should be pursuing each other for the entirety of your marriage. Not just a one-shot deal. You know, we have, uh, like I said, Carrie and I do a lot of marriage counseling and pre-marriage counseling. But in the marriage counseling, some of the couples that we see are so struggling. And we have heard this from both husband and wife. Well, we dated back then, we pursued back then, we don't have time anymore. We don't have time anymore. For the entirety of your marriage, you should be pursuing each other. Or let's focus on this. I love this. This is something we put on our, on our social media. Now, catch this. Fight less, cuddle more. Demand less, serve more. Text less, talk more. Criticize less, compliment more. Stress less, laugh more. Worry less, pray more. With each new day, find new ways to love each other even more. 
Do you see the put-offs and the put-ons that we have up here? Put away your fighting. Put away your demanding. Put away your phones. Put away your criticizing. Put away the stress that you're putting into your marriage onto your spouse. Put away your worries. And instead, cuddle more. Serve, outserve your spouse. Talk more, communicate. Compliment more. Laugh more. And pray more. One, one thing that Carrie and I have put into practice over the years, and we still do to this day, that's so important. We decide every morning before we wake up, before we step out of bed, before our feet hits the ground, we have a prayer time with just us and God. I get up between 3.30 and 4. I know. That's not even when God's up. I know. But that's when I wake up. And I am a smart husband. I dare never wake up Carrie at that time. But it's one-on-one -on -one time with, with just me and God before I even get up, before my feet hit the floor. This is the prayer that we both pray. God, show me a way that I can love on Carrie in a way that I have not done before by the way I worship you. Do you catch that? It has nothing to do with making her happy. It has everything to do by the way I worship God. And it overflows. So the fight less, cuddle more, demand less, serve more, text less, talk more, criticize less, compliment more, stress less, laugh more, worry less, pray more. We will find new ways to love each other. Now, realize this also. This pursuing can be challenging, isn't it? We talked about we're empty nesters, kind of, because they still come over. We now have adult children, and sometimes I think adult children are harder than children in our house. But we have kids. It's challenging for pursuing. How about your family calendars? How about bills, finances, work, stresses, health? When those other challenges arise, romance takes a back seat. And if we are not careful, you know what's going to happen to a husband and wife? They become roommates, just passing in the days, getting through life. So how, we, how can we prevent becoming roommates? We need a mind shift, okay? Let's look at this mind shift I have on here. Put up there. Most marriage problems are caused by spouses who continue to think, act, and behave like singles. If you're married, do the honorable thing. Think married, act married, and behave responsibly as a married person. See, the mind shift is simple. You are married, so act married. Pursue your spouse daily. Do me a favor. If you brought your Bibles, your tablet, or your phone, because I know we have all those available to us, I need you to turn to Song of Solomon chapter 7. We're going to be in verse 11 through chapter 8, verse 4. What I like to do at Eastern Hills, and I'm going to have us do that here, and I'm not sure if Mike does, but I'm going to have us please stand as we read God's word. Because we're going to get a glimpse into their weekend getaway of Solomon and Shulamite. So if you would follow along with me, I'm reading out the CSB. The, the words are going to be on there also. But please follow with me as we read God's word. Starting chapter 7, verse 11. Come, my love, let's go to the field. Let's spend the night among the henna blossoms. Let's go early to the vineyards. Let's see if the vine has budded. 
If the blossom has opened, if the pomegranates are in bloom, there I will give you my caress. The mandrakes give off a fragrance and at our doors every delicacy, both new and old. I have treasured them up for you, my love. Chapter eight, verse one. If only I could treat you like my brother, one who nursed at my mother's breast, I would find you in public and kiss you and no one would scorn me. I would lead you, I would take you to the house of my mother who taught me. I would give you spiced wine to drink from the juice of my pomegranate. May his left hand be under my head and his right arm embrace me. Verse four, young women of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not stir up or awaken love until the appropriate time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Father God, as we look at your word, as we study your word today, ignite our hearts, Lord. I ask that it, I do none of the speaking, but it's all through your spirit. Speak to each of us individually. Let us empty out our filters, empty out what we have of this, of this image of dating. And instead, Lord, let's look at your word as to what you see as a date night, as the pursuit in our marriage. So, Lord God, I give you this morning and this time. Again, it's not about me. It's all about you. We pray these things in your son's mighty and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Okay, we need to realize at this point, as we're reading, that Solomon and the Shulamite, if you know anything about the Song of Solomon, that book in the Bible, they're no longer newlyweds by chapter 7. That happened back in 3 and 4. Okay? Uh, they've been married for some time. Now, we really don't know how long that time is. We're not sure of the time frame. However, long enough, long enough for routines, chores, life, let's just call it apathy, to set into their marriage. So with that understood, we can take a great lesson as husbands and wives today. And for those of you that aren't married, you still should be taking notes. Because this pertains to you just as well for when you are married. As to how to keep the flames... Even the embers, right now in your marriage, it might just be a little ember. Let's blow on it today. Allow God to blow on those embers and ignite this flame to burn for another day or yet, better yet, another night. So let's keep your fingers in these passages. Keep these open as we delve deeper into this picture of pursuing your spouse. So first things first, this is I love technology. My entire thing just stopped on me. It did. It went blank. It's totally black, blank. But you know what? We're not going to let the enemy get a hold of us. That's why I've got backup technology. <laughs> and if this isn't working, we're going to have fun. Okay. So we're going to keep going on that. I'm going to turn this off. I've noticed, too, many times, just to share with you guys, many times when we have done retreats, or um, conferences, the enemy always tries to get at us. One time I forgot my luggage, all my clothes. I had to go to the gift shop at a, at a retreat that we were at, and I advertised the retreat center the entire weekend. And so, and so and it happens, or technology goes down. But you know what? He's not going to get a hold of us. I'm just telling you that right now. So with that, let's, let's go into here. So right now we're in chapter 7, verses 11 through 13. And if you notice in there, as it says, it says, come, my love, let's go to the field. Let's spend the night among the henna blossoms. 
Let's go early to the vineyards. Let's see if the vines have budded. If the blossoms have opened, if the pomegranates are in bloom, there I will give you my caresses. Verse 13, the mandrakes give off a fragrance, and at our door is every delicacy. Both new and old, I have treasured them up for you, my love. Pursuit. Pursuit. The first thing we have here is this lovely, look at this, a lovely invitation. A lovely invitation. It's the first point I want us to go through. Remember, I talked about the word pursuit. This word should be one of your defining attributes in your marriage because the definition of pursuit, according to 1828 Webster's Dictionary, is the act of following with a view to reach, accomplish, or obtain. Wouldn't that be great to have in your marriage? I want to follow my spouse with a view to reach, accomplish, and obtain the ideal Christ-centered marriage. So far, we see in Scripture that both Solomon and the Shulamite have done a great job of not only saying their love for each other, they've also displayed their love for each other. That's important for our date nights. Date nights are a great way to say it and display it. Did you catch that? Date nights are to say it and display it. Now, we're talking about one date night. What about a weekend getaway? I think there should be those special times to invest in babysitters and relatives to watch over your children to get away for an entire weekend. Carrie and I would make that, and we still do. I mean, yes, we're empty nesters, but when the girls were living at home when they were younger, we would still try to once a quarter get away. And it was usually just in Albuquerque. We'd get onto one of the apps and try to get a good deal, and we would get away for the weekend and just enjoy the weekend away from everything. So it's a good time to invest. Now, let's look where we are in those three verses in, in chapter seven. Look at how her romance is displayed. Look what she says in here. Right off the bat, she says, come my love. Come my love. A lovely invitation. Let's spend the night together. She says, I will give you my love. Mandrakes to give off this fragrance. Now, let me, let me give you a side note on mandrakes if you don't, don't know anything about that during those times. Mandrakes are an aphrodisiac and often referred to as the love apple. For those of, in my generation, remember when you were in high school, green M&Ms, let's just put it that way, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, those are laughing, the rest of you are like, what? Google. Um, and if your kids are asking you, that's gonna be a fun drive home. These were thought to promote and enhance physical intimacy. She's bringing mandrakes. Do you see where I'm going on here? She's not only saying, she is displaying. It's one thing to say something, it's another thing to do it. This is a great reminder for both of us. On this, both spouses should initiate romance and sex. Both spouses. If you studied Song of Solomon, and you'll understand this if you ever really come to one of our retreats, but Shulamite is low desire. Solomon's high desire. But here the low desire spouse is initiating with the invitation. Because in the previous chapters, we've witnessed Solomon initiating the romance four times. This is the first time the Shulamite does. She's taking the lead. She's taking extra time to plan this getaway. 
The value of intimacy in a marriage is that it demonstrates affection and attraction towards your spouse. In fact, better yet, your spouse, your spouse needs to know that you love them, that you need them, and that you're attracted to them, and that, guess what? You enjoy spending time with them. Do you communicate that? Again, in, in one counseling session we had, we absolutely did have the husband sit there, crossed his arms, and we were talking about date nights. He sat there and he said, you know what? I said I loved her on her wedding day. I think she knows it. They were married 12 years. Ouch. Do they know that you need them? Do your eyes light up when they walk into the room? That you're attracted to them. That you let them know how beautiful, how handsome they are. And that you enjoy spending time with them. It's important that you share that. Please listen. Carrie and I cannot express this enough through our years of marriage ministry. You are to date till death. That's one of our mantras, date till death. In fact, we wrote an article on it. And to sum it up, before you got married, you used to get excited when you anticipated a date. Do you remember that? Think back to those days. You would just squeal and you'd have tons of joy and you would get so clean, wouldn't you? You would clean up, you'd dress up, you'd have everything just ready to go. And you've mapped out the entire night. You knew exactly what was going to happen. You wouldn't be complacent. You didn't take them for granted. But now, some of us become complacent. And we do take us, our spouse for granted. To stay married, you need to keep dating. Rekindle the spark, spice up things, and keep the fire burning. Date your spouse again and recreate the good old days. Better yet, create new memories. The return on the investment will surprise you. So when we look at scripture here, this now leads to communication in our pursuit. I want you to look at her communication. Because honest communication, honest, transparent communication is vital. is life to a marriage. Look at what she does. The Shulamite, as we look in these, first, these last three verses in seven, Shulamite is clear and upfront with her intentions. Look at that. She's, she's talking about, let's go early to the vineyards. There's a private getaway. She's clear about that. There's no hemming and hawing. She's clear that there's a private room. And you know what's pretty clear in there too? Look at verse 13. The mandrakes give off a fragrance. She brought mandrakes. There's no lack of communication in this. It's important that we understand that. No misunderstanding at all. We can see her honesty as a reflection of the security they share with one another. Are you willing to be transparent and share with your spouse? Turn, if you would, for me, if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 2. We're going right to the beginning. Genesis chapter 2, towards the very end, the last two verses in chapter 2. In here, we have God's pattern, God's blueprint to marriage. 
Genesis chapter 2, verses 24 and 25. Follow along with me, please. Okay? Because I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask each of you a question. But before we're going to answer that, I want this covered in God's word. So let's look. It says, starting in verse 24, This is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife, and they become one flesh. Verse 25, Both the man and his wife were naked, yet felt no shame. I want you to see the flow in 24 and 25. See the sequence. Leave, cleave, become one, not ashamed. Leave, cleave, become one, and not ashamed. That's what your marriage is about. That's what God ordained your marriage to be. You're to leave that which was a distraction towards growing to your spouse. You are no longer single, remember? You are married. So leave that which was your single life. And what that includes parents and siblings. And instead, turn and cleave. Become one. Be transparent and don't be, be ashamed. So here's the question. Why we, have to, how, why we have to cover this in God's word. Can your spouse be upfront and forward with you without fear of, your going, of what, how you're going to respond? One of the scariest places to be in communication with your spouse is having a spouse that's listening to respond, not listening to listen. Husbands and wives, hear me on this. If your spouse comes and talks to you and shares their heart, their soul, and your response is with a however or a but, because you're refuting their heart, their soul, transparency is going to end. Communication's over. Can your spouse be honest with you about concerns, worries, doubts, stresses, opinions? I shared with you, and we're not going to go into any great detail at all, because it is personal. But Carrie and I spent the better part of three hours last night. It was an intense conversation, but it was a very civil, very loving conversation. We've learned how to communicate and be transparent. Mind you, we're 29 years into this. It took us 17, 18 years just to figure it out. We must continually build security and display commitment or else honesty will be fleeting. Because you know what? Romance takes work. And I think we, we forget about that. I did have a couple saying, no, our marriage, we should not have to work. That's too hard. It should just come easily. <laughs> oh, you've been watching too many Disney movies. I really do want to see what happens to Prince Charming and Cinderella five years into their marriage. Because I guarantee it's not happily ever after. Okay, they're seeing a counselor because those mice keep coming in. No, anyway, so um, I digress. Romance takes work. Okay, go back to, like I said, you're keeping a finger in there. Go back to Song of Solomon. Look at verses 11 and 12 again. You must work at daily pursuing your spouse. 11, go to the field. That takes action. 12, go early to the vineyards. Go. Shulamite has taken extra time to coordinate the schedules, to find a place to stay, even brought some fruit to set the mood. 
Think of it this way. Take time. Take time to know what brings excitement and pleasure for your spouse. Invest the time to pursue them. Do you know what excites your spouse? Carrie and I, we share notes, and I know this is going to be weird, but we share notes. We have an, what's called an aqua pad that we put in our, in our shower. It, you can write waterproof notes, and we share notes back and forth. One of the notes I asked her was, what would you like to do on a date night that we have never done before? She gave me three ideas, two of which I had no idea. Be honest with you. 29 years later, like, hmm. One of which I thought, yeah, that's her. Now I need to act on it. And to be honest with you, in transparency, it's been a month and I haven't acted on all of the three. So, okay, I'm calling myself out. Now I've got to do that next weekend. But we need to take time to know what brings excitement and pleasure for your spouse. Invest the time to pursue them. Dates don't have to be expensive. You can do some simple things at home. How about go watch a sunset together and talk about it? Because I guarantee you, that's the only time you're going to see that sunset ever again. How about create a new dessert? Hey, for you sweet tooths, why not? Just pull out all the sweet stuff and create a brand new dessert. And then eat it, of course. Play a board game together. If you really want to get crazy, play hide-and-seek in your house. <laughs> All natural. Maybe outside the house. Go play Marco Polo in Walmart until you get kicked out. You think I'm laughing. I'm serious. We have been kicked out of the best Walmarts in New Mexico. But we have fun. How about just go people watch someplace in a public place? You know, one thing that Carrie and I like to do is we'll watch other couples and we sort of make up what's going on. I know, you're like, wow, really? Yeah, but it's fun. We try to figure out what's going on when we're at dinner with other couples. I bet you they're on their first date. Yeah, they are. You know, and so we can figure this out. Maybe it's just going for a walk together. You guys have beautiful country up here. I'd be walking all the time. Date nights don't have to be expensive. Invest. Take time to know what brings excitement and pleasure for your spouse. Invest the time to pursue them. This leads us to our next one, our second point. The loving invitation must be followed by a loving demonstration. And that's what we see in chapter 8. Not only are you inviting, but you're going to demonstrate. The Shulamite put her words into action. Let's go back to Songs of Solomon, chapter 8. If I could only treat you like my brother, one who nursed at my mother's breast, I would find you in public and kiss you, and no one would scorn me. I would lead you, I would take you to the house of my mother who taught me, I would give you spice wine to drink from the juice of my pomegranate. May his left hand be under my head and his right arm embrace me. Young women of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not stir up or awaken love until the appropriate time. Now, if you know anything about Song of Solomon, the book, on the wedding night, in chapter 4, verse 10, he calls her, my sister, my bride. Now, she wishes Solomon was like her brother. Now, some of you are like, that's weird. No, it's really not. Let me explain why. It really is beautiful. Because siblings back then, 
in those times, those biblical times, could be seen in public showing displays of affection. A brother and a sister could be holding hands and, and giving kisses to each other and embracing and showing that love of a family in public. No one would say anything. But a husband and wife could not. Did you know that? In fact, it was punishable. It could be that the wife could be stoned for showing any affection towards her husband in public. Wow. That's weird. That's why she craves. That's why she once says that. If only I could treat you like my brother. Because she wants to publicly display her love for him. Do people know you're married in public? I'm just curious. If you're at the grocery store, if you're shopping, if you're in public in any way, shape, or form, do people know you're married? Better yet, happily married. One of the neatest compliments Carrie and I have ever received was at our grocery store, our little neighborhood Albertsons right around the corner from us. And the lady, the cashiers were checking out, said, I love watching you two. And first I thought, stalker, uh, when you guys are in here, because you always seem so in love. And we will. I know it sounds really weird, and I know people think I need to be medicated sometimes, but we'll skip down an aisle. We'll play catch with, with stuff, and we have fun. We enjoy each other's presence. We're laughing. We're, we're holding hands. We definitely have padas, public displays of affection. We all need to demonstrate our love for our spouse, both privately and publicly. How are you displaying that publicly? Next, we see the existence of their friendship with one another. Look at it. Think of it this way. It's one thing to choose to love your spouse because Carrie and I every morning choose to love each other. But it's even better when you like your spouse. We're called to love one another. Some days, let's be honest, how many of us really like our spouse? It's <laughs> a lot of, hmm. I like it. Everyone's looking at their feet all of a sudden. Um, we struggle. I would like them more if they did this. I would like them more if they did that. Again, it's one thing to choose to love your spouse. It's a bonus to truly like your spouse. I want you to look at the flirting going on. Look at verses 2 and 3 again. If, you're, if you have your Bibles, look at this. I would lead you and I would take you to the house of my mother who, who taught me. I would give you spiced wine to drink from the juice of my pomegranate. May his left hand be under my head and his right arm embrace me. Wow. She's flirting. She's saying, I want to give you spice wine from my pomegranate. I want you to embrace me in a kiss. Do you guys flirt in public? Do you wink at your spouse from across the room? Better yet, we talk about chivalry. Do you still open the door for your spouse? Do you still pull out the chair for them at dinner? Do you send them love texts or love notes? You know, it's, I am, I am a sucker for that. And Carrie writes me love notes all the time. And I keep them. Don't ask her what she does to my love notes. That's a whole other issue that we're still going through counseling for. Um, it's so important, you guys. Husbands, I'm going to talk to you right now, husbands. And men in the room, but husbands especially. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 5, verses 15 through 19. 
Husbands, I think this is important that you listen to this. While you're turning there, let me ask this. Have you noticed what's been missing from these previous verses, all these six verses we've read? What's missing? Anyone? Are there any kids involved? Is there work involved? Has there been stress involved? Bills? Calendars? Did you notice those are a distraction to romance? Carrie and I made it a rule, and we practice it. We try to practice it quite frequently. When we would go to dinner, once the salad was removed, we could no longer talk about our children. We could no longer talk about work. We could only focus on how we were going to grow. I'll be very honest with you. The first couple times we did that was so awkward because we didn't know what to talk about. We just sat in silence. But then we got used to it. And we started having these deeper conversations. It's important that you allow those distractions to be removed. Okay, husbands. I told you as we turn to Proverbs chapter 5. Don't ever let the flame of romance and intimacy, excitement, thrill, ever leave your marriage. Husbands, you are the covering the propitiation. Genesis 2.15 is clear. You are the one to cultivate and protect your marriage and your family. So it starts with you. And that's why I have us turn to right here. So let's read Proverbs chapter 5, verses 15 through 19. Follow along with me. Drink water from your own cistern, water flowing from your own well. Should your springs flow in the streets, streams in the public squares, they should be for you alone and not for you to share with strangers. Let your fountain be blessed and take pleasure in the wife of your youth. A loving deer, a graceful doe, let her breasts always satisfy you. Be lost in her love forever. Did you catch that last verse at the end? Be lost in her love forever. Forever is a long time, isn't it? Husbands, pursue your wives. Date your wives. You've got to understand how important this is. Be lost in her love forever. You know, the, going back, verse 18, let your fountain be blessed and take the pleasure in the wife of your youth. Please understand when I say this, when I look at Carrie, I still see the 18-year-old by the duck pond at UNM. I've never lost that sight. The woman that I fell in love with, heads over heels the first time I saw her. And I had to chase her for two years before she even wanted near me. But that's the woman I still see. Be lost in her love forever. Gentlemen, husbands, pursue your wives. Now, let's go back to Song of Solomon, but we're going to go back to chapter 5. Wives, now it's your turn. I'm going to challenge you wives to do as the Shulamite woman did. She pursued her husband. But I want us to look in chapter 5, starting in verse 10, how she describes her husband. Another beautiful compliment that I received from two other wives once was the way that Carrie's eyes light up when I walk into the room. I was also told by another wife how she describes me. When I'm not around, man, it made my heart sing. I'm a little dull. I didn't catch that. I had to be told that by others. 
But that makes, knowing that, that makes all the difference. So let's look at what she says. Starting in verse 10. She says, My love is fit and strong, notable among 10,000. His head is pure as gold. His hair is wavy and black as raven. His eyes are like doves besides flowing streams, washed in milk and set in jewels. His cheeks are like beds of spice, mounds of perfume. His lips are lilies, dripping with flowing myrrh. His arms are rods of gold set with beryl. His body is an ivory panel covered with lapis lazuli. His legs are alabaster pillars set on pedestals of pure gold. His presence is like Lebanon, as majestic as the cedars. His mouth is sweetness. He is absolutely desirable. This is my love and this is my friend, young women of Jerusalem. Wow. That's a description. That's a woman in love. I like some of your laugh. You can say that. What would happen, husbands, if your wife described you like that? You guys would think she needs medication too, right? Something, okay? She's got a fever. No, but we should be able to say that. Maybe not in those words. I want you to notice the last verse. She says, this is my love and this is my friend. This is my love and this is my friend, young women of Jerusalem. She's sharing this with other ladies. This is my love and this is my friend. Let's land this plane now. Let's go back to Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 4. In verse 4, she says, Young women of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not stir up or awaken love until the appropriate time. She said this two times before marriage. Do not awaken love. Why now? Well, there should be a new focus within marriage. Because before marriage, before marriage, say and display your love for God by waiting. Say and display your love for God by waiting. However, within marriage, say and display your love for God by pursuing one another. That's the new focus. And did you notice also she's passing this information to the next generation? She's passing this to the next generation. Ask yourself this, husbands and wives right now, especially with your children, and your children are sitting here now listening to this also. But how are you displaying and passing the biblical standards of marriage to the next generation? Do you have a marriage that makes your children want to be married? Do you have a marriage and romance that makes your children excited about becoming husbands and wives? I want to close with this. Marriage is a journey, not a destination. Growing in marriage is a lifetime process. Knowing your spouse is a lifetime study. Your marriage is work in progress. God is not finished with your marriage until it perfectly reflects his marriage with his bride, the church. And great marriages are not built overnight. Think about this. Two unique people who grew up in different places under different circumstances and from different parents cannot suddenly become one. God said the two shall become one flesh. He didn't say the two shall suddenly become one flesh after one day. 
Give God time to perfect the union. Give the Holy Spirit time to transform you and your spouse. The oneness of marriage is a work of a lifetime. Invest in your marriage today. Date your spouse. Pursue your spouse. It starts today. It starts today. Where's the invitation? Where's the demonstration? We can learn a lot from Solomon and Shulamite. And Siri likes me. There you go. Again, I love technology. I want to ask you this. How is your heart this morning? How is your soul? Better yet, how is your spouse's soul? How is your spouse's heart? Are you so preoccupied with life, worries, that you've set your marriage on a back burner? Now's the time to recommit, rededicate your marriage and say, you know what? We're going to have a new focus. We're going to have a focus of dating, of pursuing, of growing. And I'll tell you right now, it can't can't be to its utmost without Christ, without the Holy Spirit. You can have a marriage, and it can be there. But God's got great plans for each and every one of you in your marriages. For some of you, you have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Just going through the motions. Today's the day. Today might be the day. God's tugging at your heart. And it's the opportunity. Today's the day to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. To recommitting your marriage and giving it over to him. For some of us husbands and wives right now, we're struggling because we've allowed life to just completely envelop us and we've forgotten who each other is. Maybe today's the time also to say, you know what, we're making a stand. We're not going to let Satan interfere anymore. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit complete control of our marriage. We're going to begin today by pursuing each other with a tenacious pursuit. Today's the day. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.